Back on the pod, baby. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. This Glad to Drew, be back. Drew sits with Ryan Schwartz. Solo dolo episode, just me and you. First time. Real hours. Yeah. That's for the real ones. <laughs> <coughs> so what episode is this? This is number six, maybe number five. Something like that. You've had the most appearances. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> I'm a I'm a co producer <laughs> of this shit. <laughs> expect to be uh Expect to be compensated. <laughs> All right, so let's tell the viewers what just transpired. So it is eight oh five on a Friday night, but what happened was originally I was going to go out to Ryan's place in the city and go visit him and hang out with him and blah blah blah. But he got homesick and wanted to come <laughs> home. So uh, after work today, I went down, picked him up, and then we drove all the way out. But we sat in like two hours of fucking <laughs> traffic. It sucked dick. But Ryan explained the entire financial financial <laughs> theory to me, so it was pretty good. That was a good traffic ride. You should have, uh, you were saying we should have recorded that, recorded that conversation from the car. Yeah, that's going to be way better than this conversation. <laughs> Not saying that. We we blew our wad on that. <laughs> It happens, man. It happens. But so then we stopped on, on our way home, and uh, I got a nice burger. He got a quesadilla. We got a couple brewskis. Lost twenty bucks on the machines. <laughs> Only twenty. Yeah. I lost. <laughs> I lost twenty. He, I think, pulled out like, another hundred, <laughs> but I'm not sure about that. <laughs> no, it's just you know I got I got my rent due this month, so a little short on it. Just trying to play the play the wheel. So you really <laughs> need it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back later because, you know, it's got to hit. It's, it's bound to hit sometime. Once we're done with this, you're going back. <laughs> First time I had been on a slot machine in a while, so that, that was good. I, I don't miss them. <laughs> yeah, so we got to the bar or, or they needed 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. So we're like, oh, we'll, we'll go sit on the machines. But <laughs> I never do it, but I forgot that you have a serious <laughs> problem and. I kind of just have when an I asked you, your it. eyes kind of lit <laughs> up, and it was like I shouldn't be doing this, but I will. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's been it's been a down year on the slots for me. Uh, hasn't really pan, panned out, but you know, you, you play it long enough, and just gotta play the long game with it. You know, I feel like my my luck's bound to turn, and that's uh, my <laughs> when I'm spinning. You know, I'm kind of feeling it. The energy's different, so one of these times. Yeah, I'm hitting the I'm hitting the spin. I'm in the wheel of fortune. How do you work? How do you get a job at like the slot company? Uh, fuck up your life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's gonna be pretty profitable. It's profitable if you're like selling secrets on how to beat the machines, but <laughs> if you're just making the parts. I don't know. You're the guy. That I don't know if do they do that in America. I feel like they probably do that in like Nevada and shit. It's got to be. Make the parts. I think slot machines are actually pretty regulated because of that, of the, all the money and everything, you know, it's like. And the retail aspect of it, the fact that they're like 
in a lot of bars and in a lot of easily accessible places. So kind of like a consumer protection thing. They probably got to regulate them like strictly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like they could probably give a fuck if it didn't pay out, but if it <laughs> was paying out too much, they would freak out. That's so what, that's, yeah, that's what, what they monitor. Exactly. Exactly. They don't care how much money you lose. But yeah. <sighs> what about the lottery? Did you buy a lottery ticket? It was like the highest. Did not. <laughs> Did I never, you? <laughs> I never do. Yeah, it's like nobody I've ever known has ever won the lottery. It's crazy. It's almost like it's it's not so <laughs> likely did, to happen. Did you <laughs> it's did almost you, like you're throwing your money away. Did you ever watch McMillions? You know that documentary on HBO? No. Oh, was that about like the founder of McDonald's and shit? No, that's a movie called The Founder, <laughs> the founder. which is actually pretty good. McFounder. <laughs> uh, no, McMillions is about the Monopoly game with McDonald's. You remember that as a kid? Like once a year, whatever you'd have the pieces and pull off, you'd get like a yeah. free French fry. But if you I used to love the whole playing board, that shit. Yeah, yeah. So this documentary, McMillions, is exposing the fact that for like twenty years, the guy who was running that game at McDonald's was just selling like the top prize every single year. All the good prizes he would just sell, and basically anybody who was just going through the drive-through was just going to get a fry or like a McFlurry or whatever the fuck. Like there was no chance that you were even going to get the million right. dollars. But people didn't really care that much because it was more of an add on kind of like, Oh, we'll see what happens, but we don't expect anything. We're, we're here to get McDonald's. We're not here to gamble and try to win the shit, you know? Right. The game still worked. It still sold a ton of money and everything like that. But then this Wait, guy, so what guy, like an executive there, like the guy working the fucking drive-through. So I think because McDonald's couldn't do the, the competition, like there is actually strict laws with that sort of stuff because it is like gambling and everything, and especially back in 2000, like you couldn't just gamble, right, like legally or whatever. So I think it was like McDonald's had had this whole scheme. They knew it was going to work. They knew it was going to sell <laughs> a ton of burgers. So they went to like another company. It was like a third party that made the game and made those pieces and like made all the shit. And because of like the separation between them and McDonald's, it was like legal to do. But then that guy was just corrupt as fuck and was like, I'm just going to sell this and then, like, take 10% for myself. Right. <clears throat> but then it became this whole thing of, like, trying to find the right person because you can't just keep having the same type of person or the same... It's like, oh, if all the winners of this shit all know the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So he would, like, go and find, like, you know, some, like, poor um, African-American family in Louisiana and then, uh, you know, basically be like, okay... You don't know who I am, right? And they'd be like, no. You know, basically <laughs> sort of like walk them through the lie. I'll give you some free money, but I'm going to take a lot more than you, and you have to make sure you shut the fuck up. Exactly. But I'll give you free money. Exactly. <laughs> but I think it started off where it was like, you know, his brother-in-law won, and then, uh, you know, like <laughs> this person won, and then, it, like you said, it was getting too close, so he, he had to start spreading it around a little bit. But it's just kind of fucked it, like, oh, so just everything is a lie. You know? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It is all just bullshit. <laughs> Hundred percent. Even the fucking McDonald's game isn't real. <laughs> like the lottery definitely is. I mean, is the lottery real? I don't know. I mean, I think it's real because, like, even if it's real, it's not. Um, like, you can't be pissed off if you lose because it's like a one in fucking two hundred million chance. So it, it doesn't matter if it's real or not because either way, everyone except one out of two hundred million is gonna win. Mm -hmm. It might be rigged, but it's like. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how you could rig that, but I wouldn't doubt that someone has done it, you know? Mm. Like, 
and not only the Illinois lottery, but you think of all the different states, and then you, I don't know what other bodies issue those kind of things, like slot, even um, like scratch offs too and shit. I'm sure there's ways that guy people have kind of schemed is that. So bad, dude. It's like that's that's such a <laughs> bad level of society. To that be is in. like that is like <clears throat> the worst corner of degenerate gamblers. Like I feel like gamblers that are like you know, have a problem with gambling, they look down on people that do scratch-offs, you know? Right, like, at least I'm playing a game. <laughs> at least I'm, like, there's, like, a culture around blackjack. Yeah. Like, it, even the slots, it's, like, in mini casino or whatever, but, yeah, the, the scratch-offs, it's, like, you're doing it, like, in your car or, like, <laughs> at, at the, the counter. Station. I worked with this guy at v and I used to deliver with this guy. He was probably, like, 60, 70 years old, and I would go to literally not during my shifts, you know, just random times of the week, I would go to Seven Eleven, the one right by uh, 20, right by Eastview. Oh, yeah. And that dude was there Proud in his car. Great day, <laughs> great day to be a wolf. And this guy would be sitting in his car doing scratch-offs in the middle of the fucking day. It's like seven, he's he's like 65, 70 years old. And this is this was a pattern, you know, I noticed this dude on a, throughout like two years. Right. I saw this dude like 20 <laughs> times at Seven Eleven. So. My, uh, my great-grandfather, uh, I think, uh, struggled with lottery tickets. Um, yeah, and it just, it seemed he was just bad at it? He was just bad at playing the lottery. I think he just <laughs> couldn't... Uh, couldn't pick the right numbers, man. <laughs> couldn't keep his finances in order. He got... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but yeah. So he's, he didn't win. <laughs> he's never won. He's banking on, you know... Publisher's Clearinghouse. Do you know what this is? No. <laughs> I only know about it because he's been telling me since I was a little boy that when I win this Publisher's Clearinghouse check, I'm gonna you know send you to college or whatever the fuck. But basically, it's like a it's like a, like a similar lottery thing. You send in like in the mail, you get it, and then you send in. It's all a scam. Just like get your address and like sell you magazines or ads or whatever the fuck. But in the commercials on TV, it's like the people that come with the big check up to your front door with like balloons and stuff. And it's like, you, you won $10,000, whatever the fuck, you know, but he just always has told his, all of his grandchildren, <laughs> you know, I'm his great grandchild. I'm did sure he end up paying for your college or no? No. <laughs> Damn. No, he did not. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just funny. Yeah. But the, the scratch up, I don't understand like the, the thrill of it. Cause like, even if you win, it's like, what, like, Hundred bucks. I've won a hundred bucks off scratch off. You have? I've played scratch. Dude, you're crazy. I've done the scratch offs <laughs> before. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. <laughs> what? What made you want to tr- like try it? Ah, uh, at a low ha- point of my life. You don't have to buy them. <laughs> what made you cross the threshold <laughs> of buying it? I've never done that. It, before. it was. It was only you know during my drunken stupors <laughs> around Bartlett, <laughs> driving around the streets of Bartlett. <laughs> I was I'm just kidding. drunk driving and decided to <laughs> scratch. Yeah, don't blame me, dude. Don't blame me for it. I was drunk. But yeah, I've, I've won a hundred bucks off scratch offs, maybe like twice. What? How yeah. many times have you played? Your odds are crazy. Enough? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> so you think you spent more than two hundred dollars on scratch? I would say I probably spent about. A little more than two hundred, maybe like <laughs> three hundred bucks total in my life, but like no more than three hundred. I don't think. <laughs> so there was. Like 
That's what you you get one for twenty bucks. That's five times three. That's fifteen. I, yeah, I've bought maybe fifteen scratch offs. Twenty dollars? I thought they were like. Two, no, three those bucks. are the shitty ones. The shitty ones are the five dollar, ten dollar ones. You want to you want to win some real money? <laughs> you play the big games <laughs> with the big dogs. I was I was getting one. Keep fucking around. <laughs> I was one time I was I was in Seven Eleven. This is. Sounds so shitty. I was in Seven Eleven and I won, and I, um, I'm cashing in, and he's like, you know, man, you should buy like one more. The guy, the guy at the counter, you know, a lot of times you got to roll. You know, that's what I've seen. You know, you got to do it. I'm like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> I win another hundred fucking dollars. What? And then I was like, yeah, fuck this. And I think that was the last time I ever did a scratch off. That was the, I, no, maybe it wasn't a hundred. Maybe it was like twenty. I got my money back. But you won again. Yeah. But it was one where I won a hundred bucks, and the guy was like, "Fuck it, man! Like, you won a hundred, yeah. throw another twenty down. You never know." And I I won the twenty back, so damn. <laughs> and I was hooked. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's when the that's when the problems started. Let me, let me get a lucky day. Another number twenty, number thirty-two. When uh, you know by the numbers, that's when it's like fucked. <laughs> dude, everybody hates that person at the counter. Like, I mean, I rarely go inside anymore. But like, when you're standing in line at the fucking gas station, and you're just like. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> they're literally, like, counting the change and, like, sliding on the table and shit, and you're just like, Ugh. Sorry, not all of us are as privileged as you to have a <laughs> credit card now, now that you finally have a credit card. <laughs> I don't think having a credit card has anything to do with buying scratch-offs and taking everybody's time up. <laughs> yes, it does, dude. You're being classist. What about one of the slot, um, like, Slot shops. I don't know what you call it. Uh, like dollies. Gaming cafes or whatever. <laughs> or like like slot cafes. I don't know what they Internet call them. Internet cafe. But yeah. Like basically just a room full of slots, like right? dollies or mollies <laughs> or pennies or, yeah. And they don't serve booze or anything. I think it's like just the slots. Yeah, I've... Uh, just a good, clean... <laughs> spent my fair, ter- mer- my fair share of time at, <laughs> at dollies. Oh, <laughs> Speaking of which, this is a little late, but we're sipping on Maker's Mark. I think it's 46. It's uh, finished in French white oak barrels. Really, damn, really fancy. 1946, man. That's uh, a long time for that to age. Great year. Yeah, number 46. I don't think that's the year. That'd no, I was like joking. A, that'd be like a dollar <laughs> bottle. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's the 46th version of this. But, uh, anyways. Drew's <laughs> <laughs> stumbling around. <laughs> yeah, this this feels like a really late <laughs> night. It's only 8 o'clock. Well, you know, we started drinking early, so. You know, when <laughs> you start really drinking at, at 2, it's, uh, <laughs> days kind of just go by. You know, have a couple beers at the office. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we're, we're driving back, and he's like, yeah, my, my buddy, uh, yeah, he just said, hey, grab a couple beers in the <laughs> fridge, <laughs> the water cooler, throw them in, the, like, coffee cups or something. Yeah, basically all the, basically the cups that everybody uses for, like, water and coffee, we just throw them in there. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, like, those paper ones, so y- you can't see in them. So. Nice. Yeah, so. Kind of genius. <clears throat> we're, cl- we're closing out this house. We've got, like, I think they're moving, like, next week or next couple days or whatever 
And so we've got our final dumpster, and it's all full of trash and everything. And so I'm carrying all the stuff out. And so I, I go in the dumpster. I'm, like, jump on it. I try to, like, smash it all down. And um, one of the garbage bags just, like, explodes open, and it's just full of Bud Light cans. And I literally stand, <laughs> stand in the dumpster. I just, like, pick one up and hold it up. And everyone, like, looks at me. I'm just like, is it who is full? it? Full or? Oh, empties. It was empties. a It was a garbage bag f- full of empties. Um so someone was dude <laughs> slamming beers on the dab. I feel like hella motherfuckers do that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's dude, back when my um my uncle and my grandpa, you know, my uncle had built a few houses and flipped a few houses. Yeah. And they would have people, you know, he would they would hire people for some jobs, you know, like roofing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my Subcontract. grandpa and my grandpa would always buy these motherfuckers a case of like high life and drink with them and, and go out and you know do some shit during the day with yeah. them. I know that's like a, a thing, you know. Like towards the end of the day, you get a case with you know three or four guys and just start tossing yeah. the beers into the dumpster, you know. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> unprofessional, and you shouldn't do that. But yeah, I think that was definitely a, a big thing, especially because I work with all Polish people, so it's like kind of in the culture or whatever. But um, like you don't see people just opening a beer and drinking it like right at lunchtime or like even just like like i think a lot of the painters drink i think that's like a thing because it's like pretty i don't want to say easy but like fairly stationary and like you're you're kind of working on like, you know you're not using a saw or you know something like that so it's like you can kind of be drunk and it doesn't really fucking matter <clears throat> but you never see guys with just like beers out or like drinking a 40 or something like that they all they almost hide it but yeah like on every single job i'll find beer cans in the dumpster and everything i'm just kind of like who is it like it's everybody i think everybody so except you everybody you but s- me i guess you gotta yeah. join i feel like i'm like a narc or something they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to invite you're like no in. dude i fucking love drinking like let's right. drink <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i've told you this story but um there's this one like lithuanian dude or something barely spoke english fairly nice by the end of the job, once he kind of got to know me, but definitely, like, hard exterior. <clears throat> but uh, one day at lunch, I, I was walking past him, and he, like, went to, like, a closet or something, like, like, a little room, like, by himself, and, like, set up, like, a bucket and, like, a little stand and everything, and, uh, like, made a little table for himself and, like, had a bunch of food, like, laid out, like, sausages and all that type of shit, and he had a glass, like, a real pint glass, and had a beer. Sitting there like on a little bucket, like eating, eating his sausages and like. That's shit. fucking awesome. I was dude. like, that's kind of cool, actually. Like just like having like a, a, a pint at lunch is kind of. Hell yeah. Kind of relaxing, yeah. But. But then again, you uh, like that snowballs pretty quick. Yeah, I could definitely see that. <laughs> you got to go pick up some lumber, and you're like, you know. <laughs> fuck it <laughs> i'm good. <laughs> or just like, how are you driving home from work every day? Like, even if you're like at the job all day, like. Just five, six beers accumulates, and then by the end, it's like, okay, let's, let's all drive home. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. I think that's, uh, I think that's kind of how it goes, probably. It's like, what the fuck else are they doing? They're not leaving their cars there. Or they, I feel like, depending on who it is, a lot of the guys come together, or they'll, they all drive separate or what? It's true. Yeah. There's a lot of like clown cars where it's like a van pulls up and like 20 dudes roll out. Right. Yeah. There's plenty of guys that are by themselves. The thing that I hate is that all these guys smoke cigarettes. Like, like if you add up all the cigarette breaks, it's like an hour, you know, that they're, like, just wasting. It's just, like, kind of, like. You got to learn to schmooze. You got to learn to 
take advantage of those uh those opportunities, Drew. I know. Part of me thinks that I, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm squandering my day because I'm not taking these 15 minute breaks every hour. <clears throat> I feel like you'd start to feel like Boy Scout almost. Like, damn, why the fuck am I doing this shit? And you know, you're you're working a whole extra hour a day just because you're making better choices with your life. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've made a point not to bump cigarettes off anybody because I used to do that at the restaurant all the time. And it was like I was like allowed, like I was, I was thought of almost as like a, a cigarette smoker. Like how I'm thought of as a fucking jewel fiend, kind of, you know, <laughs> right? right? Right. But around all of these people, this job, they don't think I smoke cigarettes, you know. So like, it would be weird if I did ask somebody, you know what I'm saying? So like that, that in my head, that keeps me from, from asking somebody. But right, they'd be like, "No, <clears throat> Drew, like, what the fuck, man?" It would just be awkward enough for me to like, it's kept me from from doing it, you know. Dude, you're they also overthinking it. You're fine. Oh, I'm definitely overthinking you're f- it. You're fine. They all smoke like weird ass like Winston's or like all that like Pall Mall like weird shit <coughs> or Marble Lights, I guess. But well, I think smoking cigarettes is a disgusting habit, but it's really satisfying if you're if you're doing especially a job where you're probably doing like more manual work. Is very like relieving and satisfying you know the thought of the cigarette is very satisfying like the thought the thought yeah. of being able to smoke the cigarette is, is all you want once you do it you feel bad because then okay cigarettes out you you flick it out or whatever and then your body kind of is like reeling from the nicotine and then like you smell bad you smell bad you kind of your stomach kind of hurts a little bit and then you're just kind of like i don't know and then you got to like lift a bunch of shit it just yeah, it's not. It's yeah. not good. It's not conducive. But it's I definitely like, have like brought a pack to work and like you know smoked throughout the day, and uh, you don't feel good. It's it's not fun. Um, but when you're 50 years old and a fucking carpenter, it's like yeah, you're you're ripping heaters all day. You're like <coughs> fuck it. <laughs> and they used to all smoke just on the job working all day, but uh, like now, like that's one of my jobs like where I OSHA I, laws and shit. <laughs> right, like once the the job gets under roof or whatever, like front doors get put on. You have to slap a no smoking sign on the front, no smoking signs everywhere. But otherwise people would literally be like smoking up on the, like if there anybody time, anytime they're working on a ladder outside or something, like there's always a cig hanging out of their mouth or. Yeah. It's so gross, dude. People will smoke in the porta potties and then and you're that's like, gotta be the most glorious smell it's, i can only imagine yeah it's so disgusting because a porta potty in general is is horrible it's like my least favorite part of the job is that i have to use porta potties and then you walk in and it's like it's like in the urinal it's just like a cigarette butt and you're just like oh that was really nice thanks for thanks for doing that to the rest of us you know it's gross <sighs> what about you what are your bathrooms like at your job you're in a high-rise building. What floor are you on? Are you on, like, the 50th floor? 31. It's all right. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, we used to – we actually got – our offices are super bougie now because they got redone right before COVID happened. Ooh. And then everybody went home, so, like, nobody used them for fucking two years. Right. Um, bathrooms are dope. It's, it's kind of – I feel like you'll get a kick out of this. I don't need my ID, my badge – to get into the bathroom, but I need to scan it to get out of the bathroom because my office is split into two 
there's two sides of my office. There's the investment side where the people who are managing the portfolios and making the trades and stuff. And then there's more of like the client service and the sales people on my side. Okay. So there's information barriers and legally it has to be that way because you can't have basically a um, consequence of 2008 was you had more information barriers. So like I can't scan my badge and get into the other side of my office. It's only cleared for my side. Mm. And I forgot my badge before. And I had to call one of the guys that sits next to me. I had to call him and be like, hey, can you let me out of the bathroom? Because I literally got locked in. So you got locked into the actual yeah. bathroom? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wouldn't you think oh. they would have it on the outside? Yeah. But, the, like, you can get in fine. You just can't get out. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. It's so, like, over, over-engineered, yeah. overthought. Yeah. But, again, you know, the entire U.S. economy – Basically, the world economy crumbled in 2008 because of scumbags like you. Right? <laughs> not really, I mean. No, no, that's not. That was, uh, this time's different, you know. But so is it a one-manner, or is it like a, no, like it's in my like head, it's like it's like 30 stalls with like pearl floors, and just like it smells perfect. It's, it's very like, think like mod- modernist, like minimalist design, but yeah. like my whole office, and the bathroom is part of that kind of design scheme, you know, yeah. but it's minimalist kind of stainless steel glass. So it it looks nice and everything, but it's not like elegant. It's more just modern and minimalist. But my point is design. like my favorite type of bathroom, obviously personal bathroom is, is the best, right? Like, uh, in your house or whatever, but like the best public bathroom is just like, where there's like a bunch of space, a bunch of stalls just sort of blend in. Like if it's just like one stall in a bathroom, you're like, you know, who's taking a shit next exactly. to you almost. Yeah, of course. It's terrible. You want a bunch of space. You want like the toilet that's just like, you know, there's no clogging or anything. You know, you want like the, the good one. But a lot of my day is spent like trying to, you know, not use the porta potty. If I, if I can, if I can wind up at Home Depot around that time of the day, you know, that's, that's always nice. I get to get to use one of those or. You know, I, I make it home, but uh, I'm going to edit all this out. I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> talk about shit. Hey, man. That's what I'm going to tell people when when they ask me, like, what do you guys talk about? You know, like, it's mostly, like, farts and <laughs> dicks, you know. Typical. Typical podcast stuff. T- typical guy stuff, you know. No big deal. So, you know this... Uh, Vargas kept doing that, and I was like, dude... You gotta stop playing with the. He kept like touching the line and stuff. I'm like, just stop. That was you, right? That wasn't me, was it? I was just doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. But the whole time, Vargas was doing that last time, last week. Check out last week's episode of yours, <laughs> Anthony Vargas. Was it just you two last weekend? <coughs> yeah. Which was funny because when he showed up, he thought it was gonna be he thought it was gonna be all of us. He's like, yeah, when we were on the boat, you guys were talking about it. I thought it was gonna kind of be everybody, and I was like, oh man, I should have, I should have had everybody come. That would have been a fun ass time. Yeah, that would have been dope. But it's also dope to do like one ons, you know? Like yeah. kind of, he was probably talking a little bit about, you know, go more into depth into whatever he's. He actually on. didn't talk about the real estate stuff at all, which was kind of funny because I thought he would just bring it up naturally, but I don't know. I haven't even really listened back to it yet, but I think we kind of just got like super drunk and we just like ramble. About yeah, it. we got into like aliens and stuff, and we we really went down the down the rabbit hole. But uh, um, yeah, 
I don't know. It was fun. I'm glad I got to do it with him. Like, he, he came back, you know, kind of at a pretty good time and everything. But <clears throat> thinking about maybe going out back to Nashville for New Year's, but I don't, I don't really know yet because I'm like, I don't want to get a hotel and you know, fly or fucking, I don't know. I That's feel like end of the year of is a good good time to go, right? Like, is it is your work busy end of the year? No, like with the holiday, like that Christmas, New Year's kind of week, it's sort of like I could take a couple of days off, no big deal sort of thing. So yeah, I'm kind of tempted to do it. And we, we went like, I think two, I think it was before COVID maybe, but maybe two or three years ago we did New Year's and it was really, really fun. Um, I don't know. And just talking with him, of course, he's like, you got to come down, you know, you come visit me. Because he always, he comes up like twice a year and nobody ever goes and visits him. Right. Like I did, I've, do, I've done it a couple times, but you know, he, he definitely comes up here a lot more. So I feel bad, but. But that's like <clears> me living in the city, bro. It's like, I can't expect everybody to come out one for one, you know, because like everybody lives out here. If everybody lived out there, then it would be more on the person that lives in the burbs to come out. Yeah. But everybody lives here. It's like, yeah, I I, you guys, you guys have come out, you know, two or three times and that's all you can really expect, you know? No, I should come out more. And I wanted no, to come no, out tonight. That was I, the whole point of today. I was supposed to come out there. Well, I think, <laughs> I think it worked out fine. I didn't really, yeah. I didn't really have a preference cause I didn't know what Anthony was going to be doing either. Like maybe he was doing some shit or mm-hmm. I didn't know if he would have wanted to do the podcast or felt like it was weird or yeah. want to be a part of it or felt left out if he wasn't. So you'd want to do it, man. You should tell him. Yeah, but then he fucking wouldn't take, shut the fuck up. Take away your shine. <laughs> no, I feel like, I don't know. Would, would we'll it, get one with me, you, and him at your place. I honestly think that would be a great podcast, be bro. Great, yeah. But yeah, it would be one of those more like rowdy ones because you, yeah. you don't want you fucking drinks <laughs> and shit. He's just like rowdy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and those always seem fun. And then it's like, oh, this wasn't actually as good as you <laughs> thought it was. You know, it's kind of just like crazy, but. Like that one with me, you, Carter, and Jaren. It's cr- it's nuts, dude. Like by the last like hours, <laughs> it's all just like nonsense, and it makes nonsense, no sense. right? Yeah, that's. I've listened to it a couple times, like trying to like edit and everything like that, and just like ugh. hard to get through. I feel like yeah, when you start, you've started listening to your own voice and like listening to your own like kind of mannerisms, and like you pick up on certain like oh yeah, you know, just like your speech patterns, for example, or shit like yeah. that. Isn't that a, it's hard to get comfortable with that or like you're critical of yourself, It's not right? comfortable, yeah. It's the yeah. most uncomfortable thing possible. In my freshman year of college, I had to take a public speaking class and I was t- petrified of public speaking mm-hmm. up until that class. And that literally cured my like fear of that because my, f- the first time I gave a speech, it was like dog shit. And then part of like our assignment or whatever was that she recorded, my professor like recorded it and you had to go back and watch and you know, you make certain notes and it was as painful as it was to watch. It was such a great learning experience. And I was so much better. Like literally like from the second speech on, I was like completely different. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, why am I doing this? Or why am I standing like this? But it's good to like you, cause you never see yourself through like the third person, you know? So it's good to get that perspective on what you're saying too much or shit that you kind of take for granted. That is a sentence filler for you or a tendency or, the way you um exactly and for me i think that's what it was i had a lot of sentence fillers like i was like um or like and it was like you just got to relax like you don't need to always 
mm-hmm. have something going through the mic. You can take a pause. You can take a moment to just gather yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's definitely a problem is that I'm talking a thousand miles a minute and trying to like rush through whatever we're talking about or or again I'm like too drunk and I'm mumbling or like every time I think I'm like I'm like what are you saying why don't you pronounce the words better you fucking idiot <laughs> that's always what I think but but that's it's a great great learning experience I'm sure like oh yeah from episode one to episode six or you know whatever so. you'll, you'll notice a progression even in your kind of delivery you're like approach to it yeah dude i mean adonis and i you know had kind of been fooling around with this for almost like a year so you know i i have sort of been working at this and everything but uh yeah drinks freshened up well asmr for the folks at home Best friend <laughs> talking about my best friend. Bro, what was that? I think you said you had a list of like topics. Oh yeah. To discuss. I don't know if you got that on you or if you want to just cue that up. Like one of them was like you said all God's children, like back in preschool when I first met you. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if you remember this or not. I've probably told you about it, but my memory of you from preschool was that we were like on the playground at recess or something like that, or maybe we were in class together, but we were playing or something and you were like, yeah, I live down the street. You live down the street. Like we were talking about it and you're like, come, come find my house. Like we can like meet up in the middle of the night. You you said that like we can like play, like just like sneak out. Like you were telling me to do this when I was like, you know, <laughs> four or three years old <laughs> that's like, insane dude and there's no way that's real there's no way yeah yeah you literally said that like you can you were like you can find my house because like my neighbor has like a american flag <laughs> or something like that like you like explained all this to me and, and i remember being like like oh this guy's like you know he sneaks out of his house you know like that's crazy <laughs> or whatever um and it's so funny because then growing up flash forward to you know sixth grade or whatever same thing, like, yeah, just, like, sneak out and come over <laughs> or, like, let's egg this person's house or, like, let's do this or do that or, you know. Uh, I was, dude, I definitely corrupted you, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 100%. Holy shit, dude. I played that role in your life. And I, I say I'm your friend, but, like, it's kind of shitty of me. Like, I dead ass. There's been a the couple nicest. times where we're, like, drunk and you're like, I fucked your life up, dude. Dude, dude, <laughs> like, I honestly kind of sometimes feel like I, I corrupted you. <laughs> Maybe you corrupted me, but I also wanted, I wanted yeah. that, I wanted that cool guy. Like you, you were always like a step ahead of me cause you had Kevin, like the older brother. Yeah. That's why dude. That's why I was kind of like that. Cause I was, cause I you were probably doing the same kind of thing to him where you're like, Oh, I, I, I want to do this cause he's doing that. Or I want to, yeah. you know, um, again, I have, I didn't have the older brother. I didn't have the brother. So, uh, I was probably looking for that in, in somebody else and <laughs> maybe found it and not the best person. <laughs> But uh, not the best role model. <laughs> no, nah, dude, I wanted an egg. I wanted a TP. I wanted a D nugget. Yeah. I want to do all that shit. So it was fun. That's good, man. But it's glad funny. I could provide you with a. Uh, it's just funny that my memory of you from when we were little was like the exact same thing. You don't remember saying like sneak out or anything? Not at all, dude. I didn't know I was that kind of like rebellious or whatever when I was that young. I don't know. Mm. My mom told me that when I was like, she said like ever since I was like one or two years old, I would even like climb my 
like on my couch or something, like right on the edge of it when I was like right. three or four feet above the ground. But my mom thought that was so like crazy. I yeah. don't know. Daredevil. But, but no, I like that. I, I, I like that you kind of identify me with yeah. that, but I don't, I I'd love as much as I would love to take credit and say that like, yeah, I remember that. I don't. Damn. And I almost feel like, dude, maybe you're just kind of blending that memory in with like me in Something sixth grade else. because maybe. dude, I, if I was fucking four years old, there's no way I was talking about that shit. Right. I don't know. As much as I'd like to think I was that I cool. I swear, dude. I don't know. Something about an American flag too. Did you guys have one at your yeah, house? Yeah. Dude, I had a American flag in my front yard my whole life. So See, I feel like you did yeah. say that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But at the same time, I don't know. Is a four-year-old like just learning to walk or is a four-year-old like coherent? Like sentences. I don't know. Preschool, you can walk for sure. And yeah, you're 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 talking. You you're you should be out of diapers at that point. Like you should be going to the bathroom at that point on your own. There's like one kid in the class that like yeah. poops his pants still. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like that sort of thing where it's right. like, it's out of the ordinary. Um, <laughs> you're also weird because your mom would like let you stay home alone at like five. So. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it's <laughs> neglected as a child. <laughs> very different. But like. Uh, I definitely have a lot of freedom when I was a kid too, like compared to other kids, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Which is great. Like I loved it. I think it was. I think it was good for me too. Honestly, I was very like adventurous and I would always want to go out and like do shit, even like riding bikes. Oh, I always want to ride around and go explore. Dude, the bicycle is single-handedly like the best invention. Totally. It just gives you freedom. It's, it's you know, just like it's the like car. like having wheels, bro, but yeah. like a, on a smaller scale. I'm mobile. <laughs> mobile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I was always jealous of you being able to have that freedom of like, you know, he doesn't have to go home for dinner or, you know, he doesn't have to be home at a certain time. In the moment, I still knew, like, it's because my, my family's family not me. having dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because my family's not sitting down and having dinner, you piece of shit. Right. Looking back, it's like, <laughs> oh, maybe there's a reason for, you know, whatever. But uh, in the moment, I'm like, oh, Ryan, you know, Ryan, man, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could smoke cigarettes at four <laughs> <Right>. years old. <laughs> uh, so s- since we keep talking about smoking and everything. Do you remember the first time we smoked together? Was it in Phil Garza's room? Or was it <laughs> before or after that? That was that was weed, but it was uh, Bartlett Fest. Shout out Bartlett. Every single episode we've talked about Bartlett. Um, we had um, gone to the fest and like talked with people and stuff. It was like a fun, fun night. This was like seventh grade maybe or something like that, right? And then we're, we're back... By the alley in between our houses, basically. And um, we're sitting on the curb. And it was sort of like we both didn't really want to go home yet type of thing. Or like we were like, you know, I had to be home in a half hour or something. We're just like killing time. And you pulled out a cigarillo that you had stolen from your sister. Do you remember this? No. Yes, now I do. Now so I do. So it wasn't weed. It was it was just like a, a swisher sweet, basically. You know, it was like a, c- a cigar. No way, dude. I'm but, such a little shit. Yeah, we were like in seventh grade. Maybe it was eighth grade, but I thought it was seventh grade because it was like the summertime. And, um, it, yeah, it was like, <laughs> I I stole this. Like, do you want, are we going to, are we going to smoke this? Are we going to try to do this? And it was, I, I don't know. I was just like, yeah, fuck it. I guess. I don't, and I feel like we had been like shitting on people for smoking and stuff. Like in seventh grade, we'd be like, those guys are idiots or yeah, like stupid definitely. or something like that. And then it was like the very first time it like presented itself to me. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. 
but could you just imagine like your 13 year old kid coming home smelling like a cigar you're just like what the fuck yeah i would be horrified if that was my kid <laughs> i would be like nope you're fucked like yeah i don't remember getting sick or anything either but uh I remember, like, we were just, like, sitting, like, on the curb, just, like, passing this, like, <laughs> stogie back and forth. It was kind of cool. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah. But yeah, smoking weed was, it was not with Phil Garza for the first time, actually. It was with, do you remember that? At Lysburg? Me? Was I there? Yeah, it was me and you, and it was it was them, too. And, um... Oh, we had smoked with them, and then me and you left right after, right? Or maybe it wasn't. I don't even know if we like finished it, but it was basically we both like took a took a hit or two, and then like rode our bikes back home right away. She was just cute. But yeah, that that uh, moment changed my life forever. Took you down this rabbit hole that ended you up right here on the Drew sits with podcast. <laughs> Well, we turned out all right, though. Yeah, I think so. I think we avoided fine. we avoided too much disappointment from our parents, right? I mean, there was some, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't too bad. Literally in their basement <laughs> right now, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I I don't live with my parents, but <laughs> I don't know about you, man. Come on, <laughs> kidding. I know it's it's like, it just <laughs> keeps getting worse and worse. The more time passes, I'm just like. Yeah, all this free shit, you know, I just keep I uh, disliking it. Right, and, like, I don't have anybody in my life that's telling me, like, you should move out. I, I, there's certain people that maybe when I tell <laughs> them I'm still with my parents, it's, like, kind of think differently of me or whatever, but it, no one's actively being, like, dude, you got to get the fuck out. You know, no one does you're, that. Yeah, like, dude, as long as you're, like, as long as you move out before you're 28, I think you're fine. Especially for our generation, because a lot of yeah. people our generation, I think, stay in that home a little longer than our parents' generation. I don't know. But there's also kind of a, a rush to move out, or or there's kind of like the stigma about living at home. And it's like, as long as you're doing your shit, there should be no, like, backlash to that. I don't, I don't think there should be no kind of criticism yeah. that, because why <laughs> wouldn't you? As long as your parents don't hate living with you and they're not inconvenienced by you. Yeah. No, they're great with all that kind of stuff. Um, I always told myself, like, 23, basically, that I would, like, be out, and that date came and passed, and I'm <laughs> rounding 24, which is <laughs> so terrible. Um, rounding third. <laughs> You're right there. Sliding into home, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, like, he's, like, like my grandpa always tells me, like, you're a fool if you move out right now. Like, why would you move out? Uh, you know, he's right, dude. Nothing, Stay at home as long here. as you can, man. Stay at home till you're 26. I know, but also my grandpa. I think he lived at home until he was 28. I think I might be wrong about that. And that was like in the fucking. So what was wrong with him? No, I'm just playing. 20s. <laughs> just kidding. No, but I think that is. I don't know. I I did say that like maybe I think I was I think I misspoke when I said like it's more typical now than compared to earlier because i also feel like i don't know our parents generation definitely stayed at home pretty pretty far into their 20s it depends dude it depends who no, has. I, I think it i think it was it was that but i think before then like i think in like the early 1900s or whatever i think it, it was like multi-generational families in, a, in one home and then i think like 
after World War II in, like, the 50s, it became, like, everyone has to go to college and, and like, have the white picket fence and, like, have a house. And, like, everyone moves out and, like, lives on their own. I think that's when that kind of happened. And then our parents sort of grew up into that whole idea of it, right? And then now I feel like we're sort of getting back to maybe the idea of, like, no, it actually is good to, like, live with your grandparents and, like, help everybody out and, you know, I don't know. I, I like living here and I like being with my family and I like being able to, to hang with my grandpa. You know, like that is a huge thing. Like I would definitely not be as close as my grandpa if we didn't live together. You know what I mean? Um, then other times you're like, man, it'd be fucking nice to uh, smoke a joint in your living room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that or just just come home from work and just like throw the bag on the ground and just like, no one's going to say a fucking word to me for the rest of the night, you know, like, that, I don't know. Sometimes when I get home and it's just, like, all the stuff's going on and, I don't know, it kind of gets to me sometimes, but, no, they, they like me being here. They, uh, they're okay with it. So, I'm going to, I'm going to keep riding it as long as I can, <laughs> you know. Hell yeah. Dead air. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what's, uh, what's next on that Q? Q-U-E-U-E. Q. In case you were confused. Oh God. <laughs> BSP. BSP, man. Yeah. So, so give me the tale. So, for those that don't know, Barlett Skate Park. Um, I was not a skateboarder. I pretended to be and hung out with all the kids that did. But, but you uh, were cool. You were like respected, though. And I feel like when. People would see you at the skate park. You were like cool because you were with us. You know? For sure, yeah. yeah. You were the filmer. Was, a lot of times you were the filmer. That was cool as fuck. You were definitely yeah. part of the crew. You know, the filmer was cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just another term for a guy that can't skate. Can't skate. No, yeah, sure. Can't I'm skate kidding. and doesn't want to ride a scooter. Doesn't <laughs> respects himself too much yeah. to ride a scooter. I had the penny board or the long board. That was always fun stuff, but. Uh, but yeah, you actually had, and, and I tried to skate for a while with Adonis. You tried to teach me how to kickflip or whatever the fuck and drop in and all that stuff. But uh, you actually spent a lot of time at BSP, and uh, I guess I just wanted to learn about the culture or like how you felt when you were a kid, kind of yeah. going into it. To then later when you were, you know, twenty, pulling up there and like seeing all the little kids and stuff like that. Totally, dude. Um, crazy that I'm even like kind of having this flashback right now but I remember the first time I ever went to Bartlett Skate Park I think I was nine years old I was with Tommy Huber and his older brother and my brother what was his brother's name Bob yeah and I remember being like holy shit this is such like a big park and this all these ramps are so big and scary and shit and then now like progressing uh, I never was ever good at skating but I was kind of uh, competent where I could do a rail or a little ledge. I could hit the bank gap at yeah, BSP. No, you, you definitely skated. You were competent. You could do tricks. Right. You I could, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, I would never say I was considered good within like the skate community, but I wasn't bad. No, you know? of course not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I had the basics down. I could do the basics. Yeah. So, but I remember when I was really young, when I was starting out, I would be self-conscious as fuck going to the park. Cause not only was I dog shit at yeah. skateboarding, but I was also like a 10 year old kid. And all these people, and it, I think it was and interesting too. It's like a gritty atmosphere there. It's like totally drugs and like it wasn't grown like, ups. It wasn't like your typical like uh, city sponsored and funded skate park that's like you know got 
it's all like clean and stuff, you know. It was yeah. definitely run by like the BSP rats, and I remember yeah, it was grunge. There, yeah. were, there was like that group of kids that was maybe like as young as like my age or a year older, and as old as like five to six years older than me. That were, it was like the BSP generation where there was a handful of really talented skaters. Like I remember this kid Dustin Edenhofer. I don't know if that name rings a bell but he was like a legendary skateboarder in Bartlett probably like he actually picked up a few like legit sponsors too he was sponsored by yeah board shop and shit Gitas was another dude that was insanely good at skating like I remember he hard flipped the bank gap at BSP which is you wouldn't know unless you're a skater but like crazy good skaters (laughs) Jordan Meadows too he was he was insane what about um but they were all wasn't he good? He was like twelve years yeah, old. Yeah, he was, and then, and that's a, another interesting way to look at like BSP. Like when he brought that up to me, like looking at it through like how I first thought of it when I was a young kid, the first time I'd been there, to like when I would go there after I had stopped skating, but kind of got back into skating like casually and kind of went there to right. fuck around when I was probably twenty or twenty one. Right. Um, right. That that was like you hadn't done it for a while, but we were. You and a dancer kind of get back into it. I will smoke a joint, go chill at the skate park for right. a little bit, maybe at a clip or something. Right, and um, <clears throat> then going from being like the young but honestly, kid. That's that when you were the, when you're when you were your best. Am I wrong, or were you better before that? I would say I peaked and peaked, meaning you know I wasn't ever fucking good, but yeah. you know I was my least bad when I was probably like fifteen. Oh, I'd really? Say like, like fourteen to fifteen was probably. Like the prime of like me being good oh, at skating. Man. I thought you had always kind of gotten better because I feel like Adonis was his best when he was like 20, like out of high school. Or maybe I'm thinking like 19 or 18 or something. I would say I was my best at skating probably freshman year of high school because that was when I did the hubba at Roselle. That was that really tall hubba. Yeah. That was like a legit, you know, that was a legit clip or a legit trick True. to be able to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, probably like 15, but okay. then I still kind of retained a lot of it. And I was still kind of into skating up until I was like 20, 21, yeah. like when I was in college and, uh, and you'd skate grand park and everything too. Yeah. And I would fuck around a lot. Like when we did lucid, I would kind of get back into it and I can pull out maybe one good trick right. for a clip or something or a picture. Like we were doing this shit for lucid. Like I could do the one rail. cool thing, yeah. you know, but it would like, it would take me 20 tries and it would. You know, it would, it would have to be pretty staged, but I can, yeah. I could kind of do some something, but nothing too crazy. That's pretty funny. But all those kids at BSP were like insanely good. Like if you went around to like other local skate parks, like Streamwood or St. Charles, there was nobody that was like, there was no local presence that was like BSP. It was like a whole culture, like these like grungy skate kids that just went, so was were it be- so good at skating. They were, they were fucks too. Like they would... You know, they were smoking weed when they were in, like, seventh grade and shit. And right, and into cigs all these drugs. and, right, drinking 40s. Or but that's Arizona what comes with the territory. Yeah. I feel like that comes with the territory, though, you know? Yeah, the skate park with the gas station, like, snacks, I feel like is so common, the combination. Um, but so do you think it was because of the, because the, the park was actually, wasn't huge, but it was a pretty sizable, especially to learn on if that was your local spot, where, like, that stream one wasn't that big, right? Or like the, the other It was parts. a little smaller, yeah. Like, why do you think that that scene popped off? So, because it was because of Yeah Board Shop, or did Yeah come because of BSP? I think it was a little bit of like coincidental, mm. um, but I also think that they both were. It was kind of symbiotic, like right. the BSP culture and the, 
the Bartlett's gay culture, which I think part of that was like um, catalyzed by like upper middle class families having kids and the park being so close to a lot of these neighborhoods and yeah. kids had access to it. And it's funny because it was like the park district. Like it was right next to the pool, the, the pool, softball, the softball thing, everything. Yeah, it was right there. But it was like it was. If you weren't in the crew, you couldn't go. It was almost like off limits. Like when I was like a little kid. It was very kid, clicky, bro. I yeah. remember like I yeah. would feel so isolated when like all these motherfuckers were there. And they and would then, like, like almost one, look down on you. One kid would come with like his mom who like just bought a skateboard. And like she had all the pads on the kid and would like push him down the ramp. And you're just like. Everybody's like, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why I did kind of hate, hate going there. But then, like you said, I was with you and I was cool and it, everyone was fine. And. Dude, at the skate park, there's, like, half the people there can't skate. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. everyone's just chilling. Exactly. Or there's, like, the one random girl there that just, like, is, like you know, has dated all of them. Or, like, the kid <laughs> who's got, like, the bad... I don't know. I just feel like there's, like, a lot of people that are kind of hanging around. There's always, like, the crazy guy. Remember that one yeah, dude? dude. Who, who had, like, a fake ID and was, like, yeah. Like, Deshaun Perry would pull up or something. Exactly. Like, there was a lot of people hanging out at the skate park that were not skating. Hundred yes. percent. Yeah. Or they just brought a board and they would, you know, fuck around, but they were not there to skate. Okay, so what about the game of skate? I always thought that was so cool. Yeah, dude, I think that's cool as fuck too. Basically, like game of horse, except uh, skate tricks instead of m- making shots. Right, and it can be either S K eight or S K A T E, right? Yeah. And then what? And then there's certain rules, like, like it depends who you ask, and it depends how hardo they are, but like. There's never, you can never do any grabs, can't do a boneless or like anything like that. Right. Um, some people say can't really repeat a trick fakey, so you can't do a kickflip and then a fakey kickflip. Okay. Um, it depends. Some people say that, some people don't care. If you're in round 20, it's like, all right, exactly. Fuck it. <laughs> but then you'll get, especially if you're not that talented of like a street or flat ground skater, you get to like A and you're like, fuck, what, what do I do? I try to do a switch heel flip because you just can't, there's nothing else for you to fucking do. Laser. Yeah. You're just like, fuck it. You don't, you you don't land shit. That's fine. That that was always interesting because that's kind of like the competition side of skating. Like who's a better skater? Let's find out. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was cool because it was basically like, from what I remember, like we'd get there and then like you kind of sesh the hubba or, you know, do the half pipe or whatever and kind of fuck around with that. And then, like, there there'd almost be, like, a lull. And then it would sort of, like, just kind of, like, chill. Shit. And it'd be like, fuck it, yeah. So, so again, Brochambeau, what, what is that? Is that Brochambeau s- is just rock, paper, scissors. I don't know why. I don't know. I have no idea what the term Rochambeau means or where it comes from, but it always just meant okay. rock, paper, scissors. Because Basically determines who goes first, who sets the trick. I More skate stuff. The game, Skate 3. How how influential was that in your skate life? That was sick. I remember that was the coolest game when I was, like, that age. That probably came out when I was in, like, fourth or fifth grade. But So kind of right when you started? Yeah, a little after I started, like, really being a skater. You know, like, I probably was – I probably would say I, you know, was more into that or identify with that when I was in, what, fifth or sixth grade, I would think. Yeah, by the time I met you back – Sixth grade, I was definitely a skater, right? Right. You had the skinny jeans and, like, a DC shirt on yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. I forget what you asked me. Skate three. Oh, yeah, but I remember I used to hang out with Isaiah and Alex Janik. Shout out Izzy Thomas. Um, and we used to play that. We would, we would, like, sleep at one of our houses, and then we would go s- 
to Roselle in the morning, we'd be like taking the train to Roselle and we would play that at night and be like, oh, I want to try this shit. Right, you know? right. It's dope to kind of like visualize like your tricks, even though <laughs> you, you were fucking dog shit compared right. to what you could do. In you can really shove it. But, but uh, no, but what I think is cool about that game is that it showed you the trick and like you knew what you were supposed to do with the board basically because that was always the hardest part of like how do you actually manipulate the board with your feet? You know, like you can, once you pop it, you have to slide this foot here, you know, but with the game, you don't really see that. You, you just see how the board rotates. So like I feel like in your head you could, it could help you learn the trick better. I don't know if that is true or not, but. Yeah, I I totally agree. Or like do you remember the, like the skateboard Helps game? Helps you get like the motion down. Like the skateboard game that was like on your phone. Did you ever do that? It was like, it's like you touch like grind. I think it was. <laughs> right, it was like exactly. a, you had a tech deck. Yeah. Yeah, it was exactly like tech deck. Yeah. Um, I feel like that'd be really good to like visualize how to actually do the trick. But what about like Tony Hawk Skate? Like, was was that your shit or no? I think I got too into early. video games too late. That was before mm-hmm. I got into video games. Apparently, they're making a Skate Four though. No. Right. I've heard about this legendary Skate Four. It's almost like the. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 or whatever yeah. the fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> people give a shit a lot less. Right, so they <laughs> keep talking about it. What was your first video game console? What did you have? I was PlayStation? I had an Xbox 360 that was gifted to me by my aunt because Ooh. my mom never let us buy video game consoles. Dude, that's exactly <laughs> how it was with my family, too. That's so funny. And dude, that Xbox caused so many fucking problems. Oh, of course. Between me and my brother, we would be fighting over that shit so much. I kind of understand my parents. Assholes, yeah. But you know, if we each had our own Xbox, it would have been fine. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, holy shit. I remember that. I mean, it wasn't all like that. Like, we would have those moments, but it was also fun as fuck. Like, playing the first Black Ops game on Xbox 360. Yeah. It It was that year we had the fucking blackout. I remember even going to Tommy Huber's house when we were had school canceled yes. for like three days in a row yes. and just playing that shit Yeah, we shit had like three night. feet of snow. I remember that. Playing zombies and shit. You were probably there, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I was not there, but I, I do remember that. There was like a legendary uh, sleepover when, and everybody really? played yeah, zombies. Yeah, I remember that. Um, you remember that? Not, not being there? I remember not being there, yeah. Damn. Because I had basically become friends with, with Tommy, who was like kind of like the cool kid. And yeah, I was like, Tommy was definitely Tommy was like, Cole. Yeah, Chris Fortino. Was I like, think. Mom, like, I'm, I'm, I'm friends <laughs> with the cool kids. Like, let me fucking go over there. And it was like, no, you know, the Dangerous. snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to stay here, type shit. But I was just like, damn it, mom. <laughs> um, no, Drew was way too good of a kid. He would never, he never would have said that. No, but that was like the thing. Like, I always felt like, um, I always felt like you know, you had skated for years before me, or like. They all played video games more than me, or something. Yeah, like, and I started feeling like I was like behind on everything, you know, like, like culturally. Yeah, yeah I was just like I kind of got stunted in my growth because of the private school or something like that. But uh, I don't know. Like Johnny Rourke had a, a GameCube, so like that's what we would play. So it was like a lot of like Smash Bros. and um, kind of different shit like that, or like we had Guitar Hero, and uh, but it, it wasn't like Call of Duty. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I hop on the sticks and it'd be like. Oh, Drew, you suck at this game. You know, it's like, <laughs> Drew, what the fuck is wrong with right, you? Right, yeah. So just be like, okay, I'll just like sit out, you know. But Nick Saviano, bro, you've heard, you heard that Nick name? Savi, yeah, dude. I, I wish I, I'd love to see him, dude. He'd I don't be such know a great the, guest. Yeah, too. dude. I I love Nick, dude. He's such a cool guy. 
such like a such a nice good dude. spirit too you know yeah like always like dude and because he, he put the cross me he was on defense with me so i don't know if you know this or not but like me and him were kind of like tight we had a, yeah. a deep bond yeah because because of the the defense but uh yeah he, he's such a nice guy <laughs> i remember one time we lost a game and um he i think he had played on varsity and then like got demoted or something <laughs> like that and then was on jv it was like his revenge game <laughs> no but we had lost that game and they basically had blamed it on the defense but it was actually <laughs> the it was the offense's fault but or are you just blaming them because it was your fault? Yeah. yeah. No, it was basically like the other team had the ball the entire game. It was like thirty-five to thirty-four. <laughs> and no, we no, blamed no. the offense. No, no, no. <laughs> the other team had the ball the whole time, so we were playing defense like the entire game. So of course you're gonna inevitably make mistakes, right? It was, it's like that type of thing. But because I think Nick had, a, like I said, like or maybe like he had to play varsity and JV or something like that. But like he, he was like pissed that he was playing with us. And then, <laughs> and then they like kind of, somebody said something and like blamed it on defense. You know, like Safi would have made that save or something. And He's like, <laughs> he blew up. And it was like, you know, every time you lose a game, all right, everyone on the line, we're doing suicides. Like if you lost the game, like you'd have to like run laps. <laughs> And he like, and like, fuck this shit. He was like, fuck this. And like threw his stick. And like, was like, <laughs> he's above it. it, bro. He like threw his gloves off and was like, fuck this shit. Yeah. That was so funny. And it was like, we're all like running. And he's like walking to his car. And you're sitting there probably like, damn, I wish I had the balls to do that shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he like sat out a game for that or something, but it was just so funny. But it's funny because I feel like you, you probably learned too, like playing high school sports and shit. Like, some motherfuckers can get away with that because they're good enough. Right, right. And, like the coaches only care about winning, so they don't really don't give a shit. Dude, that was the thing. <laughs> Fucking Chris Wills, he'd be late to practice like all the time, and he'd be like, "We're all running laps or jogging or whatever," and he'd, he'd kind of just like pull up and was like, "I'm better than all of you." So what, you guys, you just don't have to run like that? It was like, well, you know. Well, it's Chris, you know. Well, Drew, you know, score some fucking goals and maybe you can show up late <laughs> once in a while. You would have stopped that fucking shot. <laughs> Dude, that's that's true. I think that's true anywhere you go, bro. People don't care as long as they get what they want out of you. Like, I told you the guy sitting next to you. Yeah. He, he, will, scro- he will stroll into work <clears throat> at like 9.45, 10 o'clock in the morning. Everybody else is there at like 8, 8.30. <sighs> and it, it, one day he comes there at like 10.15. He's like... He gets on that Indian Hill stop, like the Metro stop. I don't know if you're, if you know it at Very all. Very familiar with Indian Hill, yeah. He's, he's, it's like walking distance from his house. He, he said he lives like a block away, and he's, he was walking one day and he saw it come, and instead of like rushing trying to get there, he goes back home. Oh, he has man. some fucking coffee and he catches the next one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the typical don't give a fuck motherfucker. That's dude. so funny. I do see people walk into the train all the time, and it is it is kind of funny when you see like an old man like running with like a side bag to the train. And you're like, what? Why but you it's, just funny. it's funny. It's funny because he instead of running, he's like, "Fuck that! Fuck I'll it. go home." Yeah. I'll just go instead home. of looking like you know, not uh, favorably, you know, instead of like yeah. potentially looking a little embarrassing, he's like, "Yeah, fuck it! <laughs> I'll just go to work an hour late." Also, like. Nine is not an early time. To get <laughs> it's up. not like you're you're like exactly, dude. It's nine o'clock. That's like, like the latest you can start work 
in the morning in America. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Like, if I if I go in at nine o'clock, that's I would consider that kind of late. Nine to five. That's like what they say, right? But like nobody really starts at nine. I feel like right. It's like seven. It seems like the standard to like start. The standard is definitely like before eight. I would say right because yeah. there's a lot of motherfuckers. No matter what field you work in, there's a lot of motherfuckers right. up and grinding. Right, people are moving. Dude, I saw on Instagram one time a video of it's like a semi truck going through like a residential neighborhood, and he's like, you know, some old trucker. And he's like. If I'm up at five, you're up at five. <laughs> and just like blast the whole. <laughs> it's so funny. You're just like, you're fucking all these people's day up. <laughs> all right, Schwartzy. I think this is it. Thank you for Let's coming. Call it. Yeah. This is a great one. Drew sits with Ryan Thanks Schwartz. for having me, guy. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Got to redo that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.